Hello everybody and welcome to the Film Review Central podcast with me, Kieran Grudins. I hope that you're all well. Yes, this was not featured in at all on the podcast channel uh, last week because I had a week off. But today is the return of FRC News where I look at big news stories from the world of film and TV shows and just giving a general opinion about them. Obviously, I absolutely... Um, love films and tv shows hence why this channel was created but i want to look forward i want to look at the different stuff that we can see but also giving a recap as well about what news stories we've had from the last two weeks so it's not just this week last two weeks as well so we have uh, five news stories just something that i want to talk about as well is that um the golden globes happened on monday I didn't get the opportunity to see the whole show, but of course I saw the uh, highlights and I now I know what films and TV shows I've won and not won. A lot of you guys were talking on my Instagram about talking about that, my reaction to it. So this is not a separate podcast related to that. It will be included in FRC News. One final thing before we get started, if you want to join me on an FRC News over the next couple of weeks, you can do via my Instagram, FRC underscore podcast, let me know. And also, make sure you go and favourite and follow the podcast channel on all great streaming platforms. Right, let's get started with them Golden Globe uh, reactions and the, the films that did pick up the win. And for me, it was a really, really good show i thought that the whole point about the golden globes i think is a really really nice you know showing out these films and i think that was massive for me um i think you know looking at the categories i think there were some great nominations we spoke about that on nfrc news a couple of weeks ago but you know there's some really really good films i'm really glad that some films won um you know a lot of films i think could have been you know different and, and stuff like that but i'm really looking forward to seeing um you know the opportunities now that these films will pick up over the next couple of weeks so um the best motion picture for drama we had nomadland it was a great film i've i reacted to that on my um ranking of all the films i saw last month so i was a really really big fan of nomadland i was looking for promising young woman to win i'm a big fan of that film and um, but no fantastic win for nomadland Borat, subsequent movie film, won Best Musical or Comedy. I think that was understandable. I think the only massive um, challenge for that was probably Palm Springs. I'm a big fan of that film. Best performance in a motion picture drama for actor, Chadwick Boseman. Um, That's fantastic. I'm really, really happy he won that. I think all the great... There was great nominations in, in that category, but Chadwick Boseman had a fantastic performance. It's really, really nice to see him win something. You know, rest in peace. He, he's an incredible actor and an, an incredible talent. So in actress, Andrea Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday. Didn't really expect that. I did think Viola Davis was going to win. I think Francis McDormand had a really good chance. Kerry Mulligan again there for Promising Young Woman. Um, so I was surprised by that, but no, it was a fantastic win. Uh, best performance in a motion picture, the musical or comedy uh, area Rosamund Pike winning for I Care a lot. Watching that film at the moment and she's really good in it, so you know I, I'm not, not not really surprised there. And then the Sasha Baron Cohen uh, Borat 
film. Um, I don't really think anybody else, again, could have won it. I think Andy Samberg had a great chance for Palm Springs, but, you know, Dev Patel, I don't think, would have won it for Personal History of David Copperfield. Corden for... James Corden for the prom, I don't think had the opportunity there. So, um, no, no, again, it's a good win for Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, best supporting performance, Daniel Kalula for Judas and the Black Messiah. Not seen this film yet, but I hear he's absolutely fantastic in it. So, early Oscar buzz for Daniel Kalula, and obviously he's got the Golden Globe now. Jodie Foster for The Mauritian, that comes out this weekend, so I'm definitely going to get that watched. Best director, again, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. I spoke about that in the review saying that the directorial style was great so i'm not surprised by that nice to see a woman win it, winning it of course uh, best screenplay aaron sorkin for the trial of the chicago seven i thought this film had really big potential in other categories so it's nice to see that it did win uh, something at least so fantastic again um, best original score and best animated feature film went to soul it was a beautiful animation i preferred onward um, myself but no it was a beautiful animation so really pleased that it got them uh, Golden Globes and then the best original score was for The Life Ahead unfortunately I've not seen that film yet so you know that was it's a little bit difficult to comment and also the best foreign film as well so moving into the TV shows then I watched more films and TV shows last year um, so I've actually only seen one film one TV show that has won um, the um, a Golden Globe this year unfortunately so The Crown I was um, I think it's definitely you know, normal that they won it. I think Lovecraft Country had a great opportunity to win that. So, but no, the Crown took that. And Schitt's Creek, I'm a little bit surprised that again that won it. Um, not because it's bad, but I think the fifth and the sixth season has really, really picked up. They won nothing from seasons one to four, and then season five and six that you know they're getting these big nominations, at Golden Globes, the Primetime Emmy. So, um, really, really surprised by that. But no, great win for them. Uh, actor and actress for best performance both went to the crown i've heard some great stuff about the actor and actress who plays uh, princess diana and charles so really good um, performance there this is the one show that i have watched then best performance in a television series a musical or comedy actress was Catherine o'hara for schitt's creek but jason sudeikis winning for ted lasso really really happy that he won it it was a great show i wouldn't i, I really do recommend you watching it um yeah, definitely, it covered a lot of uh, key areas that I didn't expect, but no, it was a great show. Best performance in a miniseries, Mark Ruffalo, I know this much is true, he's a great actor, and I think playing two roles is great, and uh, Anya Taylor-Joy for The Queen's Gambit, I will see this film, a lot of people have told me to uh, check it out, so I will do it in time. Um, best supporting performance in a series, miniseries, or television film, again, you've got The Crown, uh, picking up supporting actress but John Boyega winning for small acts you need to see that as as well I um it, they're very very long episodes so I, I definitely will uh, watch that in time and then best miniseries or television film you had the Queen's Gambit again had some fantastic fantastic uh you know buzz going into the into the project so I'm, I'm not surprised that that uh picked up a couple of awards on on the night so let's move away from the Golden Globes then. That was sort of my reaction. I know it's only quick. Um, I could have done a whole podcast on it, but unfortunately I only see four films uh, that won and uh, one TV show. So I don't feel like I have, a, have enough to talk about that. Let's go from 
uh, a big television show then that's having its conclusion on Friday. One division, a Scarlet Witch's name reveal hints at a tragic comic book storyline. In the latest installment of Marvel's Disney Plus TV show, Catherine Hans Agnes, recently revealed to be ancient sorceress Agatha Harkness, takes Wanda on tour of the traumatic memories that led to her becoming the most powerful character in the MCU. It's worth noting that the big villain behind the creation of White Vision is Immortus, a character also known as Kang the Conqueror. His plot involves using Scarlet Witch to become the absolute master of time, which ties into her inclusion in the 2022 film Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. A mid-credit scene that reveals that Sword has rebuilt Vision's physical body in a new form. Marvel readers noticed that this was White Vision, who is essentially a weaponized mechanical version of the Paul Bettany character that devoided of his emotions, as we've seen him display since Avengers Age of Ultron. Kang himself will be the new villain in the Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, film, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, who is said to be played by Jonathan Majors of Lovecraft Country. So this, for me, has been massive news. Um, and, you know, who knows, we might even see him sort of pop up in, you know, in a mid-credit scene or, or sort of in that conclusion. I think one of the biggest things from WandaVision, and we will be talking about uh, the whole season on Friday, I've got a couple of really good friends um, joining me on a sort of a, an end of the season review. So that's going to be really cool to do on Friday. But for me, this show has been great. It's been fantastic. The episodes have been really, really good. There's been a couple of weak ones, but of course, you know, that's inevitable. But I think what it's done now is that it's introduced its villain late. It's introduced its villain quite late, seven out of the nine episodes. We've not really had that strong enough villain. Um, I don't think we can really count Sword as a massive villain in the show. So one of the things that I think has been really interesting is because they've already said we will see Elizabeth Olsen's character Scarlet Witch in the film Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. You're going to have a lot of people speculating how they've done that. And for me, I don't think they've done it until that end credit scene. So the fact that they're looking into this, the fact that they're looking at that comic book, you know, storyline, I think is great. Um, I think one of the biggest things about this show and the big positive is that original uh, storytelling is done so well because it's gave us, you know, cliffhanger endings and then brought the whole episode in with massive story development. And then it, so when you think, okay, this is a pretty bad episode, they reveal something even more. So that I think that's something that's really, really intriguing for me. Um, in in terms of Kang the Conqueror, you know, we've seen him in the comics be part of of Scarlet Witch's journey, but also Spider Man's as well. Um, so you know, it's really, really cool. And you know, it's obviously a lot of speculation. We'll see what happens on Friday. But, yeah, people are making a link. People are making them ideas. And if it's true to the comics, you could definitely see him. At least his name being mentioned. I'm not sure whether he might be part of the show, whether his new shows will be doing credit scene. But I definitely think that this character of Kang the Conqueror could be mentioned in the show. From a big Marvel TV show and part of the MCU to a big MCU film because Thor Love and Thunder set video reveals Melissa McCarthy will play a former MCU character. 
On Tuesday, photos of the behind-the-scenes video showed several actors assembled to film a scene, which led to many point out that one such star has yet to be announced as appearing in the film. This person is Melissa McCarthy, who in December posted an Instagram video from with her husband Ben Falcon in which she asked to be part of the movie. McCarthy alerted director Taika Waititi to the fact that she happened to be in Australia where the film was being shot in case he needed her assistance for any reason. It turned out he did and McCarthy will appear in the film as a fictionalised version of Hela, the four Ragnarok villain that was played by Kate Blanchett. In the photos, McCarthy is shown reenacting key Ragnarok scenes as part of the comedy troupe who will perform plays that recap events from previous films. So, I'm sure you guys have seen Thor Ragnarok. Basically, what happens in, in Ragnarok is that they play the events of the Dark World in sort of a play style. Luke Hemsworth is playing uh, Thor, who in real life is the brother of Chris Hemsworth, who plays the actual Thor. Matt Damon is part... Uh, stars as, as, as low-key in the play um, so that was really really cool to see but obviously they're doing that similar thing again um, Luke Hemsworth's uh, hinted to come back so is Matt Damon so Melissa McCarthy will play that role of of Kate uh, Blanchett and sort of you know how that's going to be hinted in the film I'm not sure we've not seen a trailer yet we've not seen where in the point of time it does but that for me that's so interesting that's a really really interesting um style i think mccarthy's going to bring that comedy it really really works with you know Waititi's vision of four and how they sort of changed that character been a lot more entertaining but no I, I love it i think it's a great idea i think the fact that it she's also playing that four of mcu villain for me she's not very much of a villain in terms of the films i've seen her in um so it's really nice and you know she's only going to be in it for five minute max but you know it's nice to see her um sort of being put into this world in a really really fun mc installment let's go over to netflix now because they brought the new liam neeson movie in a record breaking deal listen to how much money they spent on this one then so they picked up liam neeson's latest movie the ice road for 18 million dollars the streamer beat multiple buys with the record breaking domestic deal according to deadline Co-starring Lawrence Fishburne, the action thriller sees a remote diamond mine collapse in the far northern regions of Canada. An ice driver, played by Neeson, then leads an impossible rescue mission over a frozen ocean to save the lives of trapped miners despite thawing waters and a threat that they never see coming. The movie was written and directed by Jonathan Hensley, who previously wrote movies like Die Hard with a Vengeance, Jumanji and The Punisher, the latter of which he also directed. This is the filmmaker's first movie in over 10 years. So, in terms of this one, I'm glad that Netflix has, has got the possibility of a Liam Neeson film. He brings so much star power. I know that a lot of people disagree with his films and sort of, you know, not like them. But he does action thrill as well. We've seen that with uh, Honest FIFA. I didn't think it was a bad film. You saw... Uh, the marksman of course this year as well so they they ha he has follows very very similar characters but they're always action-packed they always bring them out really really exotic sort of uh, scenarios and backdrops which i think will be really cool lawrence fishburne obviously brings massive massive star power into the film and it sounds like this film is going to be massively action-packed you know the the director um, you know, doing films like Die Hard with a Vengeance, The Punisher. These are great action and pure action films as well. So it's really, really good to see, you know, Liam Neeson in. And Netflix, of course, have, 
you know, they've beat multiple buys. I think they're a massive streaming powerhouse. And I think it's going to be hard to compete with Netflix because of their incredible original movies and TV shows they've done. And they've, they've practically saved the cinema, really, in, in 2020 with all the problems that we've had. And then final news story today is that the Game of Thrones star joins Disney Plus's new Obi-Wan Kenobi series. The 47-year-old British actress known as Indria Varma is best known for playing Alara Sand in HBO's Game of Thrones. Her sign-on in an unspecified role. No details about Varma's character were revealed, though she'll be joined by Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan and Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker, both reprising their roles from the Star Wars prequel trilogy. There's also been any official plot deals released at this time, though the show is expected to take place between the final prequel trilogy movies, 2005's Revenge of the Sith, and the original 1977 classic A New Hope. McGregor recently revealed during Eddie Izzard's charity marathon stream last month that filming will start in the late spring in Los Angeles. I can't wait for this show. You know, me and uh, Lord of Shadows, who a lot of people know from doing the, the Smartica Showdown and other uh, stuff on the channel, he's really looking forward to this one. I am as well. I think it's going to be a great show, um, you know, to watch. And for me, I think it's always been inevitable that we will see at least something from uh, Obi-Wan's version you know, and, and you and McGregor's sort of in, interpretation of him. So I think it was always inevitable that we would have that, um, you know, involved in the, um, you know, show. But I think it's always been great. I think the idea behind, you know, having unspecified roles, you've got Hayden Christensen as well being announced to come back. Always massive, massive positives. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with it. You know, Disney Plus really had their first, you know, smash grab with The Mandalorian. But I think this is going to be a, a really good show because it's going to be a, a character that we know, actors that are really, really well known. So, you know, I'm all for the Obi-Wan show. I think now we're he hearing a lot of casting news. We've heard now where it's going to start to film. I just want to see this stuff. I think Star Wars, you know, and the Disney investor, they announced so much. I think it's so much to comprehend. So the... You know, we're going to be looking forward to every single thing that's coming out on Disney Plus with Marvel and Star Wars. But it's always going to be really, really cool to see what's going to be coming up in the later years. But we're looking forward to seeing how the Disney Plus streaming service is going to use this incredible stuff. So that is it for FRC News this week. Thank you so much for listening. Um to the uh, podcast today thank you so much once again for the recent support that we are going to be getting so many so much content being put onto the show very very soon so make sure you guys check out by favoriting and following the podcast uh, and also check out the instagram as well i am really looking forward to seeing what you guys have to um talk about and we can definitely be in really good contact I don't know what my next podcast will be about, but it'll be something that you love. See you in a bit.